What's up, everybody? Welcome back after a long hiatus to Movies with Wrestlers, Episode Seven: No Holds Barred with Biggs, the Godfather of the Not Safe for Network. This is a really fun one. It, it's just the weeks leading up to this have not been fun. Um, I never meant to take as long of a break as I did, but you boys been moving. I just moved to Belgrade, which it's been just. Just a lot of work moving in general, but then right after that my car breaks down and I have to get it fixed and it's just like one thing after another. So it's been a hard couple weeks for you, boy, but we're back, we're at it, we're strong. This is a good episode to come back on because it's just freaking ridiculous. I, I highly recommend going and watching this movie just because it's an hour and a half of just like pure amazement that a movie like this got made. Um... It's really good, though. Um, Unfortunately, I have a a notebook that I write down all of my podcast notes in, and in that, I usually write down time codes for when I need to pull a line, but I can't find that notebook anywhere, and it's kind of a bummer because there were a lot of lines I planned on pulling, but I kind of had to go off of what I gave myself vocal cues in the mix for, so... It's not as line-heavy as another episode of this podcast would be, or of what it should be, really, because it's every other line in this movie could have been pulled, but it is what it is. It, it's here, and I, I really would rather just put something out for you guys to listen to rather than spend another week trying to get it all figured out. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to thank Connor and Austin from the Chariot House, my old abode, letting me use their internet i still haven't gotten internet in my new place but it's happening soon um another note this season is almost to an end first season normally like i picked out 10 episodes a season just because it's a nice round number but this first season i think i'm gonna make it eight just because i have enough to fill out the rest of the season so next week's gonna be the season finale and then we're gonna take a little break probably two or three weeks uh, while i stockpile some more episodes and Maybe even a special or two. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, it's just, it's been a hard couple weeks. So, I was glad to at least be able to, to get this out. And Biggs was super nice. He even offered to edit the podcast for me. But I didn't want to put that extra work on him. I mean, you know, it's, the podcast is sort of like a baby to me. Like, the, the work that I put into it is important to me. And so, I appreciate it, Biggs. But I think... Our conversation alone, regardless of lines or, or whatever that are in there, it's it's a good episode. Biggs is 
a very good podcaster, and I have a lot to learn from him, but this one is a good one. I think it turned out really well. I can't wait to have Biggs on the show again. Um, so I'm going to stop talking now and let you guys listen to it. Here it is, uh, No Holds Barred uh, with Biggs. Enjoy. All right, let me flip back my five pages of notes. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Not even exaggerating. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I did notes on a Google Docs, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. I'm the old-fashioned way. I just like write it as I'm going. I often do that, but I happen to be sitting in front of my computer, and I was like, you know what? It would be easier if I just didn't move and watched it now. So <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, cool, cool. What are, you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some kind of Pinot Noir or something. I don't know. My wife had a bottle of wine, and she doesn't drink wine. And, uh oh, nice. So I was just like, well, fuck it. I don't have any beer, so I'm going to drink some wine. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a surplus of beer because I get free beer from work sometimes. So, And you're in a band. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I get free drinks sometimes too. That's pretty yeah. nice. I have a stack of tokens from the Montana Club that's just going to grow ever so higher. <laughs> I've got like five Jester's drink tickets in my wallet right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I can only, I don't go to Helena that often, so. I, uh, there was a point where we were the house band for jesters, uh, me and Adam McDonald and, and Greg, uh, Vibret and so, cause we're in three different bands. And so they just every week we played there and then if oh, yeah. they open mics, we always played something. And then if they needed somebody to fill in one of our bands would always fill in. So yeah, like I didn't have a stack cause we live like three blocks from jesters, but I always had drink tickets. Like I almost never <laughs> paid for a drink for like two years. Yeah, every time I go there, I never have to pay. It's pretty sweet. All right, so you ready to do this? Yeah. No holds barred. Holy cow! <laughs> so, so the opening shot is just uh, Hulk Hogan hulking out. Yeah. It's like slow motion, and just like roars. Just like lots of roars. Like there's a lot of that in this movie. I I feel like added up, it'd probably be like 15 minutes straight of just like roar. Yeah. Um, between Hulk Hogan and uh, Tiny Lester, it's just yeah. a nonstop roar. Like, yeah. it, they never stop roaring. I'm pretty sure that Tiny Lester doesn't. He has a few lines in the movie, but it's mostly just like raw <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wrote down somewhere that uh i think he learned to speak english by watching the kurgan and the highlander like i think he just watched <laughs> that performance and he was like yeah that's how i'm gonna speak from now on <laughs> i don't think you're wrong that's pretty spot on <laughs> um i noted that music was done by jim johnston and i don't know if you know this but he does all of the uh, wwe themes like up until I want to say like 2010 or so, he did like almost every theme. So for... I I deep dive the shit out of this, and I did know that. And in <laughs> fact, I wrote down some of the lyrics for the end song, the No Holds Barred song. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I'm playing that. I'm gonna okay. play that in here. Oh, somewhere. you're just gonna play it? All right. Well, that saves me a lot. That of might effort. that might just like replace the theme music for this episode. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll get into that when we get into that then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then a nice, uh, 
appearance by Mean Gene Okerlund and Jesse Ventura in the beginning. Yeah, I saw that. Why is Jesse Ventura wearing a beaded curtain on his head? Uh, I don't know. But he also... Oh, I also, I wrote down that there's some Hogan ADR that's just atrocious, but it's just the ahs. Yeah. Um, but um, Ventura says he's did it again. He he says at some point in the film, at like after he like wins his wrestling match at the beginning of the film, he's like he's did it again, and I thought that was funny because <laughs> <laughs> that's not proper English. No, and like how hard would it be? To just say he's done it again, like they could have caught that and been like, "Oh, Jesse, you got that that one that one part you kind of like flubbed." They didn't even do that. They were just like, "No, it's fine. We'll leave it in." To be fair, he might have read it exactly as it is in the script, though, yeah, because I I read that. Um, so the the original draft of No Holds Barred came in to Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan three days before they started filming. And this oh, is wow this is crazy dude so they get the original draft and it comes in three days before they start filming and they don't like it so they stay <laughs> up for 72 hours and check into this hotel in florida and rewrite the script now they stay up for 72 hours what do you what do you think was going on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh, yeah what it was could- 1989 now, let me ask you an honest question, because you've seen this movie. You know what caliber of movie we're talking about right now. Yeah. Maybe the listeners don't quite know yet if the RAR didn't tip them off. But uh, do you think they made the script better or worse? <laughs> oh, man. If they didn't like the original, I can't imagine what was going on in the original. <laughs> because this movie is ridiculous. So you think they made it better? I I can only hope so, dude. <laughs> I like I want to read the original script. I know, yeah. Now I want to read the original script because I don't know how they. I don't with. I don't know how they could have improved it. <laughs> He's just like, look over here, brother. We need to throw in a brother here. I know, Rip needs a brother, brother. <laughs> Hey, listen here, dude. (laughs) I always loved the way Hulk Hogan said dude. He adds like a certain emphasis on it that just, I don't know. I I Uh, love how they have him at a French restaurant in this movie because they're just trying to say like, you can still be sophisticated and be a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) And like, he's wearing an all white suit, which is sort of like a recurring theme. Because later when he's talking to his trainer, he's wearing like an all white robe, and I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. what that what that what is why is why is that the choice they made? It's it's racism. It's just uh, like it's just covert <laughs> underground racism. Well, I mean, he knowing is, what we know about Hulk Hogan now, yeah, yeah, he is facing Zeus, which is a giant, scary black man. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's very hidden from uh 2017 eyes maybe from 1989 eyes but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true um i thought it was a really nice touch during the uh the wrestling match at the beginning they uh whenever hogan elbows that dude it sounds like a gun cocking like it sounds like there's actual metal in his elbows <laughs> yeah the foley guy needed i don't know 
Who did they hire as the Foley guy? Were they just like, well, here's the guy who does all the wrestling matches, so we'll just hire this guy. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. There's a good chance because Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan produced this movie. (laughs) Gee, really? Really? There's a a good chance they were just like hiring whatever WWF sound guy was on that week. It's almost as if they didn't know what they were doing with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it was their first movie, like you said. I guess they're like figuring it out, which it on the Hulu cut. They, uh, I don't know if it's like some sort of licensing thing, but it's like got WWE Studios as, uh, as did you notice that? No, I, I didn't catch that. They the changed to WWE, right? From WWF? Yeah. Okay. World Wrestling Entertainment now. Okay. Yeah, because that was clearly, it was WWF at the time, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, because they like didn't even change it for the movie. They just kept it the, the World Wrestling Federation. So I had a very specific reason why I picked this movie. Um yeah. because it is the first movie that WWF did. And my friend Alan, when I was living in Olympia, I, I wanted to watch this movie so bad when I was a kid. Like <laughs> I, I can't even explain like when you were a boy in the eighties, it was like a law that you had to love Hulk Hogan. Like it's just, everybody loved Hulk Hogan. I didn't know any, any boys who didn't love Hulk Hogan. Like just everybody universally. It was crazy. And, um, and I want to watch this movie so bad. And then it just like went away. And I remember reading a mad magazine breakdown of this movie. (laughs) And that was the closest I ever got to watching it. And then, so, like, uh, I went through kind of a hoity toity phase where I was just watching like high art kind of movies and I wasn't watching action movies or anything. And my buddy Alan Stanton fucking like always watched the like craziest action movies. And I was always like, come on, man. But this one time he like put it on and I was just walked into the room and he's watching it with all my roommates and he's just watching the scene at the bar. And I was just fucking laughing so hard. I'm like, this is absolutely insane. And yeah. uh, it's always stayed in my mind and I never had a reason to rewatch it until now. So I got very excited. I was like, I got to do this movie. <laughs> like- yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you did. Cause I had no, like I had heard about it a little bit just because like my era of like starting watching wrestling was around like 2004, 2005. So I came in during like the triple H and like evolution stuff that was going on and then like learned later on about all the, uh, the Hulk Hogan's and the, Randy the older guys. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was definitely just from like a wrestling fans perspective and a movie lovers pers- perspective. It's, it's sort of conflicting. Cause like party is just like, man, I really love wrestling, but man, this movie is something else. <laughs> it's fucking bad. It's so bad. It's it's comically it's terrible. bad. Which, speaking of that, how about the TV executive in this movie? <laughs> yeah. So it's the guy from Wayne's World. Uh, I, I feel like that's how he's the most famous. It's an actor yeah, named yeah. Um, Kurt Fuller. It, yeah. And he plays rob lowe's assistant in wayne's world the one who he's like but but brett wants and he's like brett is no one's friend if he was an ice cream he'd be pralines and dick like it's that guy (laughs) (laughs) and so 
he's it's his entire motivation is insane he wants he wants hulk hogan who's named rip in this movie and uh he wants him because every time that he's on tv his network is losing in the ratings okay so his whole thing is like find a way to bring him to me and like he's asking for ideas for his network it's not like a wrestling thing it's like an entire tv network the the world what is it? I wrote it down. It's like, so, um, I got it here somewhere. I'll find it later. But it's like the world, I don't know, something network. But it's a, it's a TV network. It's a, I can't emphasize this enough. It is not yeah. a wrestling like federation. And yet his whole thing is like we're losing <laughs> in this one time slot whenever Rip fights. So we need Rip. And we will do anything to get him, including extortion, kidnapping, <laughs> raping, yeah. uh, paralyzing people. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit! It's it's everything about it is absolutely insane. It makes no sense. Yeah, the one thing I wrote after I wrote this TV executive is the worst. And then I wrote, this dude has problems because like he's having this meeting at the beginning and he's like breaking glasses and shit and like yelling at his assistants. And it's like so over the top. He fires one lady because he wants to know ideas to approve their network. And she goes, so I got an idea for this sitcom. And he just fucking points out of the room and goes, you're fired. And she like cries and like oh, yeah. runs out of the room. Like that's the first, that's our introduction to him is he just fires somebody because it doesn't involve getting rip. <laughs> Dude, that's just a man who's set on his goals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess he thought the actor thought he was going to die at one point during the shoot. Because when he brings in uh, Hulk Hogan to, uh, like, he writes him a check, like a blank check, and tells him, like, you know, fill in whatever you want. Hulk Hogan shoves it down his throat. Yep. And he said he thought he was going to choke to death on it. And then uh, Hulk Hogan said, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to fake it, brother. Or I didn't know I was supposed to fake it, brother. <laughs> no, he's like, uh, I wrote it down. I won't. It's. <laughs> I won't be around when this check clears, which is a solid poop joke. <laughs> right. Because then he shoves it down his throat and makes him eat Well, what I was trying to say was like that was what Hulk Hogan said in real life to him. After they finished <laughs> shooting, he was like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to fake it, brother. <laughs> oh. He really shoved the check down his throat. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that was cape. Yeah. And apparently the guy who's playing the suit got hired because he didn't really know how to act yet. It was his first role. This was his first role. Let that sink in for a second. He's like Wait, got the this... second most screen time in this movie, the the network exec. And that was his first role. That was his very first role in a oh movie. Oh my god. <laughs> I've seen that dude in so much. Yeah. He kind of uh, he kind of looks like Joe Gatto from uh, the Impractical Jokers. I don't know if you have ever seen that show. Yeah, I have. He yeah. looks just like that dude. I feel like. <laughs> um, what I laughed about in that scene, apart from the whole scene, 
Was Hulk Hogan's re- regular everyday clothes or just like spandex? It's just like <laughs> it's like wrestling clothes. White spandex with like blue lightning and shit on Yeah, it like <laughs> it goes back and forth throughout the movie between like him wearing spandex and him wearing like incredibly short shorts and like a tank top. Yeah. I got, and then a Speedo at one point. <laughs> I got notes on the short shorts because he's like sharing a hotel room oh, yeah, with this girl. Is- and he's like bending over and she's like looking at his butt and she's just like ah because he's wearing these super short shorts but like she gets into bed and she's wearing 80s panties and i swear to i'm not exaggerating they're like three times the size of the shorts that he's wearing yeah they're way bigger they're way bigger. like what is going on in this movie man Oh, t- I I think bad things. I think bad <laughs> things behind the scenes, man. That was not a comfortable set to work on. No. I feel really bad for her, too. Like, yeah. you know some really awful shit was happening. I feel really bad for every woman in this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I it- think the next scene after he, like, rejects the TV execs check is... He gets in this limo and with the thugs. Yeah. And his driver is taking him somewhere that he's not supposed to go. And he's just like, hey, pal, you're supposed to turn left back there. (laughs) But they end up taking him to like this abandoned warehouse. And then uh, when he gets to this warehouse, (laughs) he ends. It's a fight scene. Surprise. And the weirdest fucking song is playing. And this happens a couple times in the movie. They just choose weird. And I think it's just a product of its era, honestly, uh-huh. if I'm being honest. I'm going to drop it in. Just like a taste of it. Okay. But I just remember thinking, what fucking song is this for a fight scene? It's like, it's pretty bad. But at the end of it, he uh, lifts a car door out of place. Like, he doesn't just open the car door. He just <laughs> rips the car door off of the fucking car. But before that car door goes... He's trying to kick it open as the guy's like driving down the road. And every oh, yeah. time he kicks it, it looks like there's a bullet hole. Like, not a bullet hole, but you know, when you like in movies, when you shoot a piece of metal and it doesn't quite go all the way through and leaves a little bead on the other side. Yeah. There's like 50 beads from every one of his kicks. And I'm like, that would not happen. <laughs> like, no. And then all of a sudden they do this turn around a corner and then like the door just looks like he got hit by another car on on like the door and i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like it wasn't even like consistent or anything yeah <laughs> but this leads to a bigger question which is why does the network have thugs that's a good well this dude the network exec commands a lot of he he gives a lot of weird commands in this movie like <laughs> the uh, like kidnapping <laughs> and attempted rape <laughs> and lucky for her Hulk Hogan rides in on his motorcycle at the right moment right i just what was he involved in when he wasn't being a network executive like you got to figure he was in Miami somewhere like cutting open bags of cocaine and like <laughs> sniffing it and be like, yeah, this is the real stuff. And, like passing it off. <laughs> it's all I can figure because like he, like he was just the tester. Yeah. he Well, he fucking plays like somebody who's like doing a big coke deal and like finds out that the coke is real. And then when they get the coke, 
he passes them fake bills and then fucking kills them all. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's who I think this guy is because every action that he does in this movie, I could see being a coked out Miami drug lord in the eighties. Like, yeah, he's like always on. <laughs> yeah. And like always full voltage, I swear. And and speaking of being on a lot of cocaine, how much cocaine was Hulk Hogan on when he's sitting there and he's just fucking sweating and it's rolling <laughs> down his face and he's looking all intense at that guy that he's like holding up, the last guy he beats up in the limo thing. Oh, and he yeah. goes, What's that smell? And the guy goes, Dookie. Yeah, I was just gonna mention <laughs> He like, and you can see it before he even says it, because like the back of his pants are wet. And I wrote down, he lifts the car door out of place, then just growls at this guy as his pants are wet with P question mark, and then he says Dookie, and my question was answered. <laughs> this movie is so gloriously bad. Like it oh, really is. Like if if the listeners don't watch it, they're doing themselves a disservice because. I feel like this one you have to. Like some of these you can just get by with listening to the podcast and like be happy with that maybe. But this one I feel like there's so much going on with like the facial expressions and like <laughs> It's if you don't like, know Hulk Hogan's like stare, you get oh it a plenty God. in this movie, man. So much. Okay, which leads into the next scene, which is Hulk Hogan is going to a meeting with a bunch of executives to talk about his brand. And he, I just wrote down. This is where the female lead is introduced, yeah. and I just wrote down Hulk Hogan is admiring this woman too hard because it's <laughs> yeah. like two minutes of just like Hulk Hogan giving bedroom eyes to this lady. I think it's a uh, it's Joan Severance playing a character named Samantha. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah Samantha. Yeah, and it's just so she's an agent, and we find out later that. Once again, crazy studio executive is basically somehow hires her, even though she's Hulk Hogan's agent, to seduce him for question mark? Like, I don't know what his end game there is. I think just to get him to the network, maybe? Like, I don't know, man. It's, but, there's a lot of plot holes. <laughs> dude, so many. And I'll get into a big one at the end of the movie, but uh it, it is it is utterly insane because none of his motivations make sense. No. When you really like boil them down, but <laughs> so she's and then that's I think right after that scene is when they go to the French restaurant and Yep. And uh the waiter is like really talking down Hulk Hogan. And uh, he's looking angrier and angrier, which is pretty much all he does in this movie. Yeah. It's just he look just angry. Yeah. And then the chef comes out for some reason. The French chef comes out and he's like, oh, we did not know you were here, Mr. Rip. That's not really a French <laughs> accent, but he's like, we didn't know you. Why didn't you tell us our friend was here? And then he like speaks in French to the guy to order. And then the waiter like puts up his nose and walks off. And I'm like, yeah. dude, take his order, man. You're about to get fired. <laughs> yeah, you're not doing your job at all, sir. <laughs> you insulted the customer. And now you're walking away from his order. <laughs> craziness i i well, i wouldn't tip that guy <laughs> no but that like feeds into like 
when you talk to a lot of middle america there's like this big thing where you have to like stick it to the french all the time yeah it does it's, seem that way yeah so it was very much a like let's stick it to frenchy kind of thing like yeah. hulk hogan the all-american guy who's not supposed to be sophisticated oh look he is sophisticated he speaks french and the french guy's an asshole of course like <laughs> It's just so obvious. Yeah, I thought that too. I just didn't even want to address it just because like, <laughs> you don't want to alienate the whole podcast base. <laughs> I don't want to hurt my French my French my uh, your French list. My French demographic. <laughs> There's so many of them. Um yeah, and that's the scene where he like is wearing the all white suit and uh I was watching part of this movie with Connor, and the only thing he said was Colonel Sanders' Miami vacation. <laughs> that's what he looked like. Can I plug a show really quick while we're talking? Yeah, yeah do dude, it. check out old episodes of shooting the show with you and Connor. It's fucking spectacular, man. I miss it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. We're getting back. We're getting back there. That'll get started again. All right. I just gotta like now that I now that I know how to record, I feel like it'll be easier because I feel like that was the main thing. He just didn't have time with all this all the shit that was going on with yeah all his stuff. But that's the plug I want to make. Shooting the show, go check yeah. out old episodes. It's we still got, great. We, we got like twenty five <laughs> episodes. I'm glad we made it to twenty five. Yeah, it feels like a good a good number. <laughs> that's farther than some podcasts have been on. I was on one that had two episodes. That's oh. all it made. It was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. This one is turning into more than I thought, but I think it's worth it because I can just go back because it's mostly just pulling lines from movies is where most of the work comes from. Yeah. And so like I just get to go back and like just relive those gr- glorious moments. Like you'll see the first episode's pretty good. It's uh it's maximum conviction with uh, Steven Seagal and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I've never even heard of this movie. Yep, <laughs> nobody has, dude. I just googled: Has Steven Seagal ever been in a movie with a wrestler? <laughs> He's been in a couple, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, I think the next scene is where they, uh, the TV executive and his and his uh, minions, go to the bar. Yeah, the, and this the, is like the diviest bar anyone's ever seen so i wrote down some notes about this like yeah i wrote down craziest dive bar in history (laughs) support beams have tires that surround them (laughs) a little person is surrounded or suspended in a cage in the air a waitress is spitting loogies (laughs) as she's taking an order like a lot like not even like a couple of times like a lot like she snorts a lot yeah and uh there's somebody getting a tattoo in the middle of the in bar. the middle of the bar, dude. There's a wrestling ring in the middle of the bar, and there's the bathroom. These two executives like excuse themselves to go to the bathroom. There's oh, yeah. three troughs to piss in. One of them's overflowing. The other two are just completely like brown. And then like there's a guard dog chain. Yeah, there's to the just end. a <laughs> for there's no just a reason. Rottweiler in the bathroom, just like there to intimidate you. And somebody, like, slit the end of a garbage bag and spread it out to use it for a door in the bathroom, (laughs) which is weird because they walk into a real bathroom door 
And then when they're like about to walk out, there's a garbage bag instead of a door there. So like, not only does it not sync up, but it's like the trashiest door you can imagine. <laughs> Dude, even before they go into the bar, the uh, the guy like they're asking where the bat or they before they go into the bathroom, they're asking where it's at, and he refers to peeing as bleeding the old lizard. Yeah, and he goes, "Why'd you say that?" And he goes. <laughs> It goes, it just sounded good at the time. <laughs> There's no world where that's good. <laughs> that's never been an expression. So you get, you can kind of understand why I wanted to watch this movie off of that scene, right? Like, Dude, like 17 minutes into this movie, I was like, this movie is too much because I'm writing down way too much and I know there's going to be so many lines I'm going to have to pull in. Because <laughs> like every other line. Yeah. Well, so basically at the bar, I guess he decides that's where they're going to do the battle of the tough guys, right? Because it's never that's super where... clear. Yeah. But I, like, that's what ends up happening. Is like the first episode of Battle of the Tough Guys takes place at that bar. And he says it's going to be held downtown, which I'm like, <laughs> downtown where? Like this, okay, so it's the World Television Network is what they are, <laughs> WTN. So like, what country is it even based in? And why is the executive announcing what the show is going to be as well as when they do the first episode? He's introducing the matches. I'm like, how yeah. many fucking hats does this dude wear, man? Yeah, he's like really pouring all of his time into this show. Like, he is... Uh, so so far in the movie what we've established that he does is he's the he's the executive of the network um he reaches out and does legal like offers like he does kind of lawyers work and like draws up contracts and stuff and sends them out um he's in charge of the the kidnapping ring of, <laughs> like his fucking network <laughs> uh he he controls some thugs he scouts talent okay he announces the show he announces like shows on the network and he introduces matches like that's a lot of hats that he wears he must save a lot of money by just doing all of that stuff it's impressive it's that or it's just he's got a real vendetta yeah. <laughs> oh man i forgot to mention this but uh rip's word is his bond <laughs> That's how we're. That's how they describe him. What did the executives describe him to the evil guy, uh, Brell? I think his name is Brell, right? Brel, we haven't been yeah. saying that, but I'm pretty sure he introduces him to Brell by saying, "He's like, what do we know about this guy?" And he goes, "Well, his word is his bond. <laughs> well, Rip's word is his bond." <laughs> Such oh, a man. great descriptor. Yeah, yeah. That waitress, though, man. Like she says something at the end where she's, he's like, uh, they're like ordering drinks and she's, he's like, I'd like a martini very dry. And she's like, well, I'd like to get laid, relayed and parlayed, but yeah. that ain't going to happen. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, dude. <laughs> and that's like shortly after the dude just grabs a keg, the dude in the ring who's fighting just grabs a keg and pokes a hole in it with his fingers and then drains it on top of himself. Yeah. This is the bouncer, right? Like oh, he's yeah, the bouncer yeah. for the bar, and, and the also guy the gives him like brother. ten dollars 
to go fight in the ring. Now, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what money was worth in 1989 versus now, but I'm pretty sure $10 doesn't cover a keg. No that way. That he fucking just like doused his body with for no winning $10. Yeah, like none of it went in his mouth. It looked like he was actively trying to keep it out of his mouth. <laughs> Like the actor was a recovering alcoholic <laughs> and they couldn't get near beer for him. So it's just like, I want to make sure that I stay sober during this shoot. This is going to be really hard. Like there's a little guy in the cage who keeps dropping like drinks towards me. And like Hulk Hogan keeps offering me Coke. I can't do this. <laughs> dude, when I first saw that little tiny dude in the cage, I thought that um, Peter I thought Dinklage? it was a young Peter Dinklage. I did too. I was like, that looks like a young Peter Dinklage. I looked it up on IMDb, and his first credit is 1991. I was really bummed out two years uh, after. I kind of wonder. Do you kind of wonder? It really, I kind of like, The fact that we both thought it was Peter Dinklage makes me think it was Peter Dinklage in an uncredited role. Let me just say that I think that it doesn't disappoint Peter Dinklage that that's not on his IMDb. <laughs> No. As his first appearance. I guarantee they asked to try and confirm it, and he's just like, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to claim this movie? No fucking chance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, they do we get to the first episode here, the Battle of the Tough Guys? Is that where we're at? Yeah, right about there. But before we leave there, I just want to mention that the dude in the bathroom, who is also the bouncer, <laughs> he um he doesn't beat up the guys in the bathroom when they're peeing because they have teeny wings. <laughs> right. That's his whole. That's his whole reason for not beating them up. It's like he looks at he looks at the first guy. He's like, well, "That's a teeny wang," and he looks at the next guy and he's like, "Well, there's another one." <laughs> It's not even worth it. Because you can only beat up dudes with bigger dicks than yeah. yours. That's what we learned. They already got it bad enough. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're to the we're to the battle of the tough guys. Yeah. So they they start the first episode of the battle of the tough guys, and it it's in this bar again, and then. They're like, I think they have the bouncer fighting somebody and it's kind of uneventful. And then all of a sudden, like the room goes dark and there's like a crazy <laughs> light going out of a door and then like a bus open and we see Zeus who's like making what can only be described as a rar like, yeah. noise. And he comes walking out and his introduction is he comes walking in and a woman goes to tell him that he can't walk in there or something and he grabs her by the face picks her up and just fucking drops her into and, a barrel yeah and his eyes good lord his <laughs> eyes dude dude his eyes are insane he's got like he's got a lazy eye and then his eyebrows i don't even know how to describe there's like one that's like kind of pointy and super long that goes into a mono brow that connects to the second one that goes halfway yeah, it's just like halfway stops. up. Like his whole eye area is just scary. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also got a Z shaved into the side of his of his head. Yeah. For Zeus. Because his name is Zeus, right? Yeah. All he does is grunt and yell, really. 
<laughs> like the entire movie. He grunts, yells, and flexes. I think that's all he does the entire movie. Pretty much. Like he like says his name at the end of that scene, like really breathy though. Like you don't expect it because yeah. it's just like the entire time. It's just like Uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like somebody just opened up a torture chamber from like ancient times and ghosts are escaping and they're just like <laughs> and that's that's his voice it's just a million apparitions in pain i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the ghost of the guy that he killed in the ring <laughs> yeah because we find out through like news spinning newspaper articles that uh what did it say it was like zeus thriller or killer <laughs> like on all the papers and and even before that it was like the the tv announcers for battle of the tough guys which you'd think they could have come up with a better name that's so terrible dude this is battle of the tough guys battle of the tough guys <laughs> dude let me just come up with one off the top of the dome uh tough guy battle that's a uh, shitty one still better than battle of the tough guys <laughs> Clash of the Titans. It's sure, there you easy. go. It's right there in front of you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in the uh in the um like the credits for that show, they like show like who will win and then there's like a I don't know if you caught it, but there's a shot of Hulk Hogan like dragging a chain and there's like <laughs> fire burning behind him. <laughs> And then they're like, it's like in a montage of like dudes getting into like semi trucks and like just big guys doing tough guy things. Uh-huh. But then there's just a shot of Hulk Hogan like dragging this chain and like there's a barrel full of fire go in the background. <laughs> Was this in the Battle of the Tough Guys? Yeah, it's like when they're like introducing the show, they're like showing like all the different guys that are in it. It was before Zeus even came in. This is. And- this is really a show where you have to like turn off your brain to watch it because if you know anything, you know that like you can't sh- just show Rip like his Rip once again Hulk Hogan like you can't show him because he won't be on the show like you would have to pay him yeah and he won't get paid for it so you can't show him like yeah, in front no of a flaming chance. barrel <laughs> you can't do that. It doesn't matter in this universe. No, <laughs> it doesn't. Like the top rated network show is based off of uh, a wrestler, right? Like mm-hmm. just a wrestler. And yeah. it's okay to do anything. Like there's not a single cop in this movie and there needed to be police <laughs> like badly yeah. in this movie. Yeah. There are multiple, <laughs> multiple occurrences. And like the second episode of that show because Zeus wins the first episode, right? Like I, Zeus wins the first one, yeah. Like just destroys everybody. The second episode, it's like now in like they don't say where it's at, but it's basically like a factory where they make metal or something. Like yeah, there's a lot of like grates with lights going through them and like people wearing hard hats standing around watching and chains and shit. And yeah, Zeus it- comes walking in by some flaming stuff. Wearing a fucking chainmail tank top, yeah. dude. That's like the most uncomfortable outfit you could show up to wrestle in. Yeah, that's where he fights uh, Lug Runch Perkins. <laughs> Is that his name? 
It is, and he carries the biggest lug wrench I've ever seen. I really thought you were making that up when you no, said No, they introduce him as Lug Wrench Perkins. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, but he defeats Lug Wrench Perkins. You're right. And, and then the, uh, the next scene is Hogan and um, his agent, who is also working for the TV executive... Um, yeah go on an overnight trip together and that's we get into the hotel scene but before that and i feel like this was added in just as like motivation of some sort but it's just a random scene where she's in the car and hulk hogan introduces his brother to her yeah (laughs) it's like i just wanted to introduce you to my brother randy and then he gets in and they like continue on can I just can I just make note that this movie is the first time that Hulk Hogan and maybe the only time that Hulk Hogan has used the term brother literally? <laughs> <laughs> maybe in his life. Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, he might have brothers. <clears throat> anyway, they wind up going to a diner. And, and they, I don't, I don't even remember what happened. Like I swear, I just looked down for a second, and he was beating up people in the diner, and then people are cheering him. Were they yeah. robbing the diner? Yeah. So essentially, it. Hulk Hogan brings his new love interest, his agent, to this diner, and he introduces him to this waitress who just thinks the world of Hulk Hogan. Yep, sassy black lady. Yep, sassy black lady. Yep. And then out of nowhere, these two guys just start pulp fictioning this diner (laughs) (laughs) put your wallet in the bag (laughs) and hulk hogan looks to her immediately and is just like when i move hit the floor and then it moves immediately and then says everybody hit the floor (laughs) and then just i like that he warns her that he's gonna yell that (laughs) (laughs) and then proceeds to rip one of those stools that is up at like the bar out of the ground and then throws it directly at one of the robbers and hits him right in the face and knocks him out. (laughs) (laughs) And then he stops this robbery. Sassy black lady comes up to him and hugs him and says, that's my man. (laughs) And, and they do that shot where they show Samantha. So this is supposed to be her turn, right? Where she like starts to adore him. She's like watching him and adoring him, but there's this crazy extra right behind her. And it's this, it's this black dude with a beard and like Coke bottle glasses. And he looks like Sammy Davis Jr., (laughs) but he's wearing like this super plaited out suit. And he's just like hands going crazy, like clapping, just staring like wide eyed crazy. And I'm like, what did you give him that made him give that response? Like, there's just no way. Oh my God. Just even the extras are extra coked out in this movie, dude. Yeah. So let's talk about this hotel scene. Yeah. Because this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> so, of course, there's a mix up with the hotel, and they don't have separate rooms, they have to share a room. And it only has one bed. (laughs) So they decide to make the best of it. She goes into the bathroom and gives herself a pep top because she's like starting to like Hulk Hogan and she's feeling bad about 
like deceiving him. And he and is go ahead. He's doing push-ups, I think. <laughs> he's like in the room and he's like separating out the room so oh, that that's she feels right. so that she feels comfortable even though he's still in doesn't he still just completely like comes on to her the entire time. When you say like separates the room too, he takes a a uh, blanket and he hangs it in the middle of the bed. Like Which, he hangs it from the the ceiling, but it separates the bed right down the middle, right? Yeah, and the way that he does it is he hangs tape. Which, first of all, no fucking chance is tape going to support a fucking blanket. No, because he literally tapes it to the wall, and it looks like masking tape. I have been poor enough working night shifts when I was younger, where I tried like taping blankets over windows, and it just doesn't work, even with duct tape. It doesn't no, work. No chance. But yeah, he separates out the room. And then <laughs> she comes like they both they have this weird moment where they both like listen into the other room to like see what the other person's doing. And then Hulk Hogan's just like, oh, stupid. <laughs> and then she comes out in. Pants way bigger than his. Shorts way bigger right, than his. Panties, like, that could engulf his shorts three times over. <laughs> you gotta love the 80s, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with any know. fashion in the 80s. The entire chemistry between these two is so weird in this scene because Hulk Hogan is just giving her, like, those same eyes that he was giving her in the meeting earlier. But, like, like intensified because like he's in the situation now <laughs> and she's like kind of not having any of it yeah but hulk hogan decides because i assume because he can't sleep that he needs to do some push-ups and he does them off of the bed <laughs> oh so- dude it's so great the way they set it up because like the blanket is like shaking and yeah. when you watch it, you're like, dude, he is whacking off. They have a yeah, whacking was... off scene in this movie. Everybody watching the movie with me had the same fucking thought. Like, this dude is jerking off right now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help with all the Harvey Weinstein thing that's been happening lately <laughs> either. Because like, I bet that's what was happening behind the scenes right now with Hulk right? Hogan just all coked out I'm watching afraid. Joan Severance. I feel real bad for her. Something oh, yeah. was happening dark, dark behind the scenes, <laughs> but the fucking blankets moving and shit. And then she like, this is the thing. So then she goes to look behind the blanket, but it's not like a horrified look. It's like, a, I wonder what I'm going to find kind of look. Right. <laughs> and he's doing push-ups, and he sees they, her look and he's like, don't wait up for me or something like that. I don't even remember yeah, what the quote was, really but weird. it was pretty much just like, well, don't wait up for me. I wanted to say brother, but he didn't call it brother. <laughs> Don't wait up for me, brother. <laughs> Dude. Don't wait up for me, pal. <laughs> but yeah, he... And the weird thing is, is he's gone from wearing a red tank top and red short shorts to just wearing a red Speedo. That's okay. I'm glad you brought this up because this was this was something that really, really bothered me. And usually this kind of stuff doesn't bother me, but he's in the diner. 
and he's wearing this fucking uh I don't know how to describe it, but it's like this bluish greenish like tank top with like little black trim and shorts that match. But it's it's all fucking spandex, right? Yeah. And then in the motel room, which you could assume is the same night, it's gotta be the same day. Like he's wearing a red tank top and red shorts, and I'm like, So do you just get in spandex to go out to eat? Like, what are you <laughs> doing, dude? Yeah, it seems like the short shorts are a real leisure clothing item for him. Yeah. Gotta love the 80s fashion, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, and then so he finishes his push-ups right. and I think he like he looks over the curtain, which is not cool. Not like cool. you built this curtain and then he's like peeping at her and then he fucking drops down on the bed really hard so that it like collapses. And she like rolls into his arms and she goes, I'm not one of your groupies. And he goes, I don't even remember what he says. Something about how like, I'm going to go sleep on the sofa because it's got more of a sense of humor than you. He does say that. But uh, before he leaves, he's like, you build bigger walls than I ever could. Yeah. Reference to the wall that he he put up. (laughs) Which I thought was a real insightful line from Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Like when they were in the when they were on their seventy two hour hotel room riding binge, they came up with that line and then they were like they did a celebratory bump afterwards because they're that's gold, brother. Well said. Sorry man, I had to get a celebratory glass of wine after that comment, man. (laughs) I don't have a bump handy, so So uh, she goes back to immediately see Brill, which I'll be honest, there are times where I mentally checked out of this movie a little bit because, I mean, look at what we're watching. <laughs> like, just, look, yeah. just if you haven't seen it, just listen to what we're describing. It's it's absolutely <laughs> insane and crazy. But uh, she goes she goes back to talk to Brill, which was like when I was like, oh, okay, she's working for him, and uh, he like. So not only did he hire her to seduce Rip, but apparently she decides that she can't do it because it would violate something with him, which I guess she decided in the diner. So she yeah. doesn't sleep with him even though he likes him, which is so backwards, right? Like It's yeah, so backwards. She like, when she gets into the situation where she might be able to get close to him, she like totally shuts down and is like not having any bit of him. But like it's sort of, it's sort of like a playful thing yeah. that she's doing. But yeah, and then she's just, but it, it, she doesn't do it because she has feelings for him. It's really ambiguous. <laughs> it's fucking weird. And then so he like, so uh, Brell slaps her in front of all the executives. Does that like super crazy eighties like takes the hand and just flings it back like he's doing a disco move, and she goes spinning out of the frame. And then he's like yelling at her and he like does the thing where he runs up to the door frame and hangs on the door frame and just screams at her through the door frame like yeah. all dramatically. And then, and then like this a quick zoom in. Yeah. And then they zoom out and like both of his executives are watching him and you got to be like, dude, at what point are you going to call this guy out for like being a monster? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like how much is he paying these dudes to tolerate all this? Yeah, because they, like, they look like they're out as soon as they go to the bar. 
Like as soon as they go to that dive bar, they look like they're out. And now they're watching him like hitting women. He's like calling a hit squad out. <laughs> I guarantee it off the scenes he's fucking cutting open bags of cocaine. Like I guarantee it, dude. And uh like, they're just tolerating it all. Yeah, and he definitely at least at the very least hired somebody to rape that character. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure he says it too. Like Does he's just he really? out and out. I think so. I think he oh, out I think and out. You're says right. It. I think I just like kind of took that at face value, and then like didn't realize when it actually happened later in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is like so misogynistic and so badly written in like uh, every uh, way, man. It's yeah. it's really could only be made when it was made. You couldn't make yeah. this at any other time. Even yeah. two years later, people would be like, ooh. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was tough. I watched this with my girlfriend. And I was just Oh, like, no. I'm oh, sorry. Man. No, it's okay. <laughs> we've, we've watched worse together, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, speaking of that scene, it basically just starts out. She comes home. And there's this dude waiting for her, and he, like, says something about Braille, and, like, Braille says something or other, and then proceeds to, like, try to kidnap her, and then, like, but it looks like he's trying to rape her, because he, like, gets on top of her, right as Hulk Hogan's riding up on his motorcycle. <laughs> right. And then and then he, there's just a moment where he's just chasing the guy on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> But he uh, he comes back to her after that, and she's, like, shooken and scared. And he says, God, I hate it when you're hurt or scared, you know. And he delivers that line in such a fucking weird way. <laughs> Say that again one more time. He's like, God, I hate it when you're hurt or scared, you know. <laughs> that is a line in this movie. <laughs> and then, uh, so I didn't get, like, a totally good look at rip's brother like when i when he introduced him to uh samantha but he he comes in later in the movie and there's just like it starts off with like the scene starts with just a shot of him and uh this other dude and they're watch they're at like a zeus fight and they're like watching it and uh that's where they like get beaten up and he gets paralyzed <laughs> but i didn't realize yeah. it was rip's brother but like the shot that they show I'm just like, holy shit, is that Jacob from Lost? And it is. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's Mark Pellegrino. That's amazing. Yeah, the, he does a third match. And for some reason, who knows why, dude? Who knows why? But Rip's brother shows up with a friend. Mm. And uh, they're watching the match. And apparently he knows it's going on. Like, it sounds like it's it's uh, common knowledge that it's going yeah, on. They're but like there's wearing only like them shirts the whole time, too. But this is the World TV Network or whatever it is, and there's only like 12 people watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Which means that one of the 12 is one of the executive who we've been talking about, Brell. And yeah. so he mentions that he's like, he, he, he goes, uh, oh, you a fan of Zeus? And he goes, I'm not a fan. I'm Rip's brother. Yeah. And then like right away, that just like causes a problem. And I think he like pushes him and like talks shit to him. And then Zeus winds up paralyzing him. But I'm like, the shit that, 
this is the thing when I'm watching Brell like push him around. I'm like, this is what you have your thugs for, dude. He's taking on another hat. Now he's taking on the thug hat. This yeah. dude, jack of all trades, man. Yeah. And <laughs> I had a couple notes about the scene because they like that Brell finds out that that's Rip's brother and then they like apprehend them and take them to Zeus. And, like, it starts out where he's just, like, Zeus, and Zeus, like, jumps around like he's ready to fucking rip somebody's head off. And he's like, whoa, calm down, it's just me. <laughs> and then he's like, guess who we have here? And, like, one of Zeus's only lines in the movie, he's like, Zeus doesn't guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when he grabs... When he finds out it's Rip's brother, he grabs him, and then he squeals, like, high-pitched squeals, like, three yeah. times. What was that, man? Like A it's... weird acting choice or a weird <laughs> yeah, direction. It really is. I'm going to say it's both of them, for sure. Yeah. yeah by the... the way, did you know that Zeus actually wrestled for WWF for, like, a year? Yeah, it was. I think it was like when they were doing promotion for the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like they they did like an actual pay per view that was like no holds barred, the match, the movie, or something like that. And, yeah, it uh, was a tag team. Match. They did. He was on for three different occasions, but the most famous one he was doing a tag team with Randy the Macho Man Savage. Yeah, and then it was like Hulk Hogan and. Uh, I don't remember. Fuck, I, don't remember I the last just guy. read this. I'll figure it out later. I'll I'll mention it in the outro. <laughs> but like the crazy thing is that like I guess he couldn't really wrestle either, so he would just like stand still and flex and look angry for like big periods of time. It's like so you can't wrestle in the movies and you can't wrestle in real life. Why did they hire you again, dude? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that uh, the that is one of the only pay-per-views that's not available on the WWE Network. <laughs> and I so think probably for good reason. It was probably a lot of him just, like, standing around, like, grunting and yelling. And apparently, like, apparently if uh, this movie was a hit, they were going to do WrestleMania six as Hulk Hogan versus, uh, versus Zeus. Like that really? was yeah, that was the thing that was gonna happen, but it bombed, and so uh, they were just like, "We can't do this." <laughs> probably, yeah. They actually like talk about it later on um, in the Attitude Era of WWF. I think it was like ninety seven or ninety eight, but like during a promo, Vince McMahon actually says because Hulk Hogan left WWF for WCW at this time. Yes, and, like, so that was when he was NWO. doing like Hollywood Hogan, right? Yeah, he, like, started NWO with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and, like, NWO became the huge thing, and WCW was dominating in the ratings war. And Vince McMahon, at some point on w, on uh, Monday Night Raw, said something about, Hogan said that if No Holds Barred tanked, he'd send me a check for the for His the salary? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for his salary, and he's like, I'm still waiting on the check, it must have got lost in the mail. <laughs> Dude, Vince McMahon, we can agree, is kind of a douche, right? Like, oh, he's awful, dude. Yeah. But at this point, it's just like he's so he's such a part of like the entire culture of of that company. Yeah. Like 
he's his kids run it now. It's it's a weird spot right now. Well, except for the one who's in the Trump administration now, right? That's his wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> Good thing I'm here. <laughs> so uh, wrestle WrestleMania 23 was a was a very Trump heavy WrestleMania. <laughs> so um so after after this match where he paralyzes his brother off camera, I hope. <laughs> like yeah. but apparently the police aren't going to do anything about it cuz there are no police to be found. No. Uh they go to the trouble to set up a closed circuit television like Yep. In a gym for Rip to come and see with a giant lit Z with like all of these like fancy lights across it. And then they project project an image of Zeus on a mirror to fool Rip. Like they go to all yeah. of this trouble <laughs> yeah. just to fucking piss him off. And then like Rip sees it and he starts punching the mirror, which I guess in real life, uh, Hulk Hogan, like he like fucked up his hand. And he had to take some time off of wrestling from punching that mirror, which is like, dude, don't punch a real mirror. What are you doing? (laughs) This is what happens when you don't know how to make a movie. But, uh, yeah, so he like, he hurt his hand punching the mirror. But then like in the movie, he picks up like, uh, I don't know what you call it, but like a barbell. I guess I do know what you call it, a barbell. And he like (laughs) flings it right into the camera like a spear. And it looked like a heavy one too. Yeah. And like it goes to hit the camera and all the executives are laughing and then when he flings it at the camera, they like jerk their head back really fast as if it's gonna hurt him. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you might be in another country for all that we know. <laughs> like what like did they also go to the trouble to set up a three D projector? <laughs> like what is going yeah, on in there? I, I just wrote down weird Zeus Mirage in the training room. <laughs> like apparently it was just like part of his plan that like we need this elaborate setup for like hulk hogan so that he'll wrestle for us (laughs) yeah because keep in mind this is the plan all along right like the plan is to get him to to fight for them so that they can get better ratings I, I right. just bring that up because I'm gonna it's gonna be important here in a few minutes at the <laughs> end of the movie. Yeah, he um they they like set up I thought another like just like weird thing that they did was they set up the uh TVs and it's just Brell talking to Zeus as he's training, like saying stuff like Rip thinks that you're that death is too good for you. <laughs> Rip yeah. thinks that worms are too good for you. <laughs> it's yeah. just like weird shit like that. So then like so then and so that brings us into the training montage that Zeus does. I uh, they're showing yep. they're showing Rip and Zeus's training montage and Zeus is training for the fight by smashing cinder blocks with his bare hands. Listening to demotivational videos by Kurt Fuller's <laughs> character because that's he says the exact same thing, but he's saying that Rip is saying it to him, right? Yeah. And then he's also using a rowing machine, and that's his yeah. fucking training <laughs> regimen. And Meanwhile, then we see, yeah, Rip is hanging out with his brother. And yeah, he's like helping his brother rehabilitate. 
<laughs> yeah, it's starting to walk and stuff. His injury doesn't even make sense. No, if not I could just at say, it. because here's the thing. Okay, he is going to walk, like he's trying to walk, right? And so his rehabilitation is using these crutches and, you know, hanging on to him really hard and learning to walk, right? Which doesn't make sense when later in the movie you see his finger twitch and that starts yeah. to give Hulk Hogan motivation because it's like, right. oh, my brother can move. But dude, he <laughs> was grabbing crutches to walk. Like, yeah. it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense. Yeah, and like his hand is strapped down into that wheelchair for some reason. <laughs> it's like, like they don't even know. if he. It's like even if he does start to move, we don't want him to move too much. <laughs> And then so a little bit later, like so, like Hulk Hogan is basically sucked into this match, and uh, Kurt Fuller is threatening to put Samantha in a matching wheelchair with his brother. Yeah. Like once the match starts, and I'm like, for fuck's sake, call the police, dude! Just call yeah. the police, man! Yeah, what are you they- doing? <laughs> But instead, he sends his trainer out. His fucking trainer. This isn't like a PI or a security guy. He nope. sends out his trainer and says, you have 10 minutes to find him. Like, yeah, what are you doing, Because he literally dude? fucking kidnaps her. <laughs> and they're holding her in the building. So, like, you call a cop. That shit gets dealt with very, very quickly. Yeah. But no. Yeah. <laughs> nope. They send the trainer to go look for him. Does he succeed? No. No. No, no he chance. doesn't succeed. She escapes on her own, which I thought was somewhat of a redeeming quality showing some strength in that female character. Oh yeah. It's really progressive because the security guards are right in front of her. <laughs> Sorry. The security guards are like watching the match and they're just don't give a fuck that she's behind them. Yeah. And then she slowly gets up, and over the course, I'm not making this up, of about seven minutes of movie, she slowly makes her way over to the door and sneaks out. And then right when she sneaks out, the security guard drops his keys and then, like, sees that there's an empty chair by the keys and goes, boo, she got away! And they all, like, (laughs) get up and run out, like... Yeah, and then, like, they chase her to the elevator, and the elevator door, it, like, the security guard trips as he's approaching it, and, like, barely gets his fingertips on the door before it closes. <laughs> That's the thing, too, is the way he grabs that elevator door, dude, I'm telling you, my entire life, elevator doors have been the same. Like, if you grab that little part, it's not going to shut your fingers in the elevator no, door. Like it's going to open of, back up. Yeah. Yeah, that like that that was that way all through the eighties for sure, like my entire life. And like there is no way that that elevator doesn't open back up. But in this movie, he like loses his grasp on the door and it shuts and she gets away. And then meanwhile, the match is starting and Zeus looks like I don't know how to describe this outfit except for to say it looks like it's from a nineteen fifty five B movie about Martians. Like it's like silver and pointy with like yep. some black and it's it extends out about a foot on each side past his shoulders it's craziness and then he's got knee pads like built into he's got these like black spandex pants with knee silver knee pads built into him and i'm like why is there knee pads is this a union thing for safety 
Like, did he work a corner after being released from prison? Like, why the fuck does he have these knee pads? No answer about the knee pads. But they say something about how intimidating he looks. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he looks like he's gonna suck him. Like, it it doesn't yeah. look it doesn't look intimidating. It looks promising to me. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's just my view. But so they they fight a lot. And then they end up. <laughs> it's end really up, like five minutes that feels like twenty five, right? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and they, they at some point they leave the ring and they go up to this like balcony sort of area, and Zeus and Rip are fighting and they're fighting, and then Zeus throws Rip off of the balcony as uh, after uh, Kurt Fuller's character has told him to kill him. <laughs> right, <laughs> like literally giving Zeus instructions to end Rip's life. He but hold Rip. on, hold on. Before he gets to that point, he he throws his like Rip's brother out of his wheelchair oh, at God, him, yeah. and then That's grabs weird. the announcer and throws him at him, and a random woman who's in his way at him. Like he yeah. throws three people at Rip yeah. before we even get to that point. Yeah, Hulk Hogan catches each one of them and sets them down safely. <laughs> but they make it to the top of this balcony. Zeus throws Rip off and then turns around at Fuller's or at Braille and just starts like he like raises his arm and just starts like yelling and he's too busy doing that to notice that Hulk Hogan is climbing back up. <laughs> yeah. And you just see like some fingers from the hand. Yeah, that's it's like classic shot of just like the fingers coming up over the over the ledge, and then after a couple of good like barrel hits, like double double fisted like knocks to the head, Zeus falls down. God damn! I keep hitting this pop filter. Zeus falls down, and I presume dies. Yeah. It's ambiguous. <laughs> they throw him into an octagon ring and it like goes down about five feet in the center. Like you can't even see him when they do the initial shot because it's sunk down so low as if he's like submerged into hell. Like that's how yeah. far it goes down. And then meanwhile, the fucking like Brill just flips out and he starts like ripping apart all his cameras and all of his like sound boards and all this shit in his room like in the the um i don't know the room where they're recording everything and i'm like okay you just so this is why i mentioned all this earlier like he just fucking destroys his broadcast and they keep showing tvs that are around the arena that are like off air yeah but it's like dude the whole point of this was to get ratings like right. you won. This is the thing. He won. He got Rip on his network. That's true. Check. He fucking got the ratings. Assuming, assuming because like Zeus was a big winner and Rip was a big winner. This had to be like a ratings grabber in this world. Check. Then you fucking destroy everything before the match is up. Like, dude, you won already. Like every second that that's off the air, you're losing money. Like, you're losing ad revenue, right? Like, it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Like, none of that makes sense. Like, he just throws it all away by destroying a studio. 
But then he also dies because <laughs> Rip, like, <laughs> he throws his life away, too, because Rip <laughs> runs up to growl at him. And he, like, jumps backward from from the growl and the soundboard electrocutes him and he dies because he's a bad guy. He's got to die, yeah, right? He's got to die at the and end. You can't have Hulk Hogan kill him because he thing. was loved by all children at the time. Yeah. Here's the thing. Hulk Hogan intimidates him into his death by electrocution and then turns around and the entire fucking room just applauds him. <laughs> and I think the exact thing I wrote was everyone applauds a man dropping dead. <laughs> He's still a person. Apparently the word got out that the dude was like kidnapping and like <laughs> raping and like all of this shit. It must have just gotten out. I can't imagine. It was yeah. a Harvey Weinstein situation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everybody in that room was just like, yeah, he was a little too over the top anyway. I think I'm okay with this one. <laughs> yeah. Where are the other two execs? What's going on with that? Like, did I, one of as, them take the reins? I guess. I are think, they calling the shot on this criminal network we call the World Television Network? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if they... I think maybe they both tag team it. Maybe they become co-CEOs. <laughs> So now we have that song you were talking about that's at the end of the movie, which is, it's like poetry. Can I just, can I do a dramatic reading of the end of the lyrics? Okay. So this is like the last stanza of lyrics here. So this is back in the era when every movie that came out, you had to like write a song that had the name of the movie in it. And it didn't matter what the lyrics were as long as you have the name of the song in it. So here we go. You have to stand your ground when someone's in your way. You have to be a stronger man each and every day. I look at you and see what you've been through, and it's all because of me. Brother, you know you make me proud. You gave me something to believe. But it's my turn now. I won't let you down. Gonna make things right. Turn it all around. Love goes far. When it's no holds barred. Dude, love goes far when it's no holds barred. They repeat that at least twice in that song. Oh, my God. See, that's the funny thing. I stopped this movie before I listened to the song. I listened to (laughs) enough of the song to hear, like, the word that rhymes with barred. I think it was hard. Yeah. It's in the first verse. And I was like, oh, this is a song they wrote for this movie because the next line is going to be No Holds Bar. <laughs> so I'm going to find it. And I I have a feeling Jim Johnston wrote it. It is Jim Johnston. It's absolutely yeah. Jim Johnston. Yeah. No, I looked it up because I wanted to know who the poet was who touched my soul with those words. <laughs> Dude, there's actually there's a documentary on the WWE network about all of the uh the uh theme songs for WWE and it's like essentially like how Jim Johnston wrote each one. Okay. It's pretty good. I it, cuz it's just like this really like just nerdy like old white dude and he's like describing how have you heard of Degeneration X? Do you know that? No, no. Okay, so that's Triple H and Shawn Michaels. It was like a like a faction that they had in like the late nineties. Um, 
they went to WCW with a tank. It was like their most famous thing. But they worked for WWF. That's why it was crazy. But anyway, um, their theme song sounds like sort of like a like a Rage Against the Machine sort of like knockoff. But like he describes writing that theme song, and he's like, "This one started out as he's like sitting cross legged, like with a guitar in his lap." And he's like, "This one started out as like a little rockabilly tune." And he just like plays this like riff that's like a rockabilly riff, and he's like, "And then I just like slowed it down into this time measure, and then and it's like the song." And then I had like whatever band does that song, and I had them come in. They really breathed new light into it. <laughs> And he, like, describes that for each one of them. Like, there's rap songs, and, like, this dude just writes any kind of song you need. Yeah, I I, uh, I was – because when I read that, I was like, okay, I want to know what this dude's credits are. So I looked it up on IMDb. Every single credit, every last one is, like, WWE, WWF related. Like, every yeah. single one. I was like, this is impressive. This is like the fourth or fifth song you got credited for on IMDb's, but it's all like it's all pay per views and stuff. Like it's <laughs> all. <laughs> I guess I count those for IMDb, but yeah, he probably did a lot of theme songs for like their their older pay per views and stuff. Yeah, and but get, it, like, it goes up to it. it goes up to at least 2010. I I for sure remember like a 2010 thing. So yeah, they like they got these. Uh, newer like producers to come in um in the last couple of years to do all the theme songs mm. so they i think Jim Johnston out, huh? retired. either that or he retired he was with him for a long time you know when you got somebody's with you for a long time firing them it can be hard yeah but <laughs> but that's a music game when it's no holds barred right am i right <laughs> I could have yeah, delivered think, that better without yeah, two I glasses of wine, I think. Oh man, that was that was perfect, I tell you what. Can we can we talk about the end real quick and then I'm gonna have you rate the movie and yeah. then we'll get out of here. But uh so this is the weirdest fucking ending. And I wrote, What the fuck was this ending? was my last note of this movie. <laughs> because it literally ends right where we picked where we left off, where everyone's applauding him for intimidating a man to his death. <laughs> That's he walks, what he does, too. That's what he, he does. He intimidates him to his death. Like. Exactly what he does. <laughs> he walks down the stairs to a group of adoring fans and then gives the, the rip, like, he, he gives, he has, like, this hand thing that he does throughout the whole fucking movie. <laughs> it's like, it's pinky extended, uh, forefinger halfway, like, kind of yeah, like, bent. Yeah, I'd say halfway. Yeah, and then like his two middle fingers all the way down and then his thumb out. Yeah. It's almost like the hang ten, but the index finger bends. It's halfway it's a it's a weird combination of a hang ten and a rock on. Yeah. Yeah. Devil horns. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like doing that right now. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's it, yeah. And then it freeze frames on him, and it's like some weird ADR of him just being like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a freeze frame. Yeah, rawr. It's a freeze frame, and then No Holds Barred, the song kicks in. And I was like, what the fuck? It's over? That's the end? <laughs> 
it says so all you need abrupt. to know, right? Like, yeah, I guess so. Hang ten, sign of the devil. It's there it's was, all gonna be good, I guess. <laughs> there was certainly resolution there, I suppose. Well, and the weird thing is that the only people who saw this were the people in the audience. Like, it's gonna be one of those things where people are. It, there's gonna be a documentary someday. And people are going to be like, yeah, I don't know what happened at the end of the match. Like, this is what people said. But apparently the guy ripped out all the wiring and stuff. Like, they're going to talk about <laughs> they're going to talk about his murder trial and all this. Because, yeah. like, everybody said he just stared at him. But what's the odds that he goes backwards into wiring from being stared at? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to yeah. be a whole investigation. It's going to be messy. Mm-hmm. They're going to find all of the sexual harassment claims and the thugs are going to have to come forward. It's There's a lot maybe, unresolved in this movie. Yeah, I think maybe Rip might even get a charge or two because, like I said, he needs to quit it with those fucking eyes that he was giving <laughs> the entire fucking movie. Yeah, those are those are uh, lethal eyes. So wh- what's your rating system? I haven't. You're, can I can I pull back the curtain for a second? Yeah. You're like you're banking these and so I haven't actually gotten to hear your show yet. So I'm yeah. I'm curious what this is. Um it's it's I I tried to start one in the first one but I we just kind of do it out of 10 now. Okay. <laughs> I'll have you I'll have you rate Hulk Hogan's performance first. Okay. Is this so how are we rating the performance? Is this just like on a scale of like like uh marlon brando to like i don't know nicholas cage or is this like a for for hulk hogan how good is it like how are yeah. we rating this um i think that sounds good which let's one go, let's go cage to brando cage to brando yeah i'm gonna say it's a uh, hmm that's a okay I gotta say, it's like a Pacino post uh, Oscar performance, which would be about like a four. Like, there's a lot of yelling and intimidation and stuff, and not a whole lot going on in this performance. Yeah. <laughs> but it is very entertaining because he is really bringing his persona out, even though it's slightly different than he was in wrestling. It's not all that different, despite how much he was trying to make it different. But uh, I give him like a four out of ten. Sweet. I I would give him like a three. I'm gonna try to hurry this because I think my phone's gonna die soon. Okay. So hopefully it doesn't cut out. If it does, I thank you for being on the show. Obviously. Okay. Fair enough. But um, let's give the movie a rating. I'd say a three just to be generous. But I I wasn't impressed. <laughs> <laughs> For the bad factor, like, look, look, if we're going for just okay. straight up entertainment, I would give it an eight. But if we're talking like quality of movie, it's a one, dude. There's no, no yeah, getting you're around totally it. Right. You're totally right. Because I definitely did have some enjoyment from it because it was so bad. Yeah. There's, it, you can definitely find good, find good in it. I encourage everybody that's listening to watch it. Honestly. Yeah. So I'd and give I'll, it I give it an eight for entertainment, but if we're talking quality, dude, it's a one. There's just no yeah. getting around it. It's bad. Like no, it's it's real, right. real bad. All right. We did it, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Eric. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. it will not be the last time. 
All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do They Live next. Yeah. I'm Or down. Health Comes. No, actually, let's do Hell Comes to Frogtown. Let's do that one because uh, I was going to do that one with Dave, and, and he decided he didn't want to do that one um, because the main protagonist or antagonist, I can't remember what he said, is a sexual predator. So I'm interested to learn about that. Yeah, I have no problem talking about that. I've never actually seen this movie, but I've, I I've had it recommended by a few people. So sweet. Yeah, let's let's do that one next then. All right, there it was. No holds barred. Um, I want to thank Biggs for coming on the show and for watching and suggesting such a fucking insane movie. It's it still baffles me. I watched this movie. It was probably like two months ago when we did when we recorded this episode, and it's still. Listening back, it's just like, holy shit, this movie is ridiculous. Anyway, um, stay tuned next week for the season finale. We have, uh, or I have a uh, a surprise guest, um, which I think you guys will, th- I think it's really fucking cool. Hopefully you guys will like it too. Um, so come back next week. I want to thank Prince for doing the theme music. I'm sorry that it got replaced with uh, No Holds Barred, <laughs> but... Sometimes that happens. Um, I want to thank Connor and Austin for letting me use their internet. And I want to thank Biggs for coming on the show and for all that he does for the Not Safer Network and for this podcast. Um, and all the other podcasts on the network. Um, and I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast week after week. Sorry for the little break. Like I said, shit happens, but we're back at it. Next week we'll have another one and then there'll be another little break, but then season two will be coming at you hot and strong so come back next week okay bye movies with wrestlers green lanterns light asl adventures in a dimensional exchange association? Is this yours? No, your I... Your mother said she found them on your phone. I don't know. Okay, I must, must have... have what? Look, Dad, they're not mine. Alien movie project? We had a good life? Montucky Skies? Real roulette? Where'd you get it? Dad... Answer me. Who taught you how to listen to this stuff? You alright? I learned it by watching you. Parents that use podcasts have children that use podcasts. Brought to you by the partnership of the Not Safer Network.